Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched 9 to 5, directed by Colin Higgins and released in 1980. And the plot is three hardworking women get revenge on their sexist asshole boss. I think that most of them say the, the whole thing that they say in the thing, which is like sexist, sexist lying, lying, hypocritical, hypocritical bigot. Yeah. Yes. Which is entertaining. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nine to five um, has Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda as the three women who work for this big company. And it's Jane Fonda's, you know, first day or first week. And uh, their boss is just the worst. Like he's sexist and he's a jerk and he steals Lily Tomlin's ideas and he sexually harasses Dolly Parton. Um, and so they're all like on edge they bond over not liking him they have these fantasies about killing him and then the next day Lily Tomlin accidentally puts rat poison in his coffee and uh, he goes to hospital and he's fine but she doesn't know that so they have to steal she tries to, she steals a corpse that she thinks is him but isn't him and um, and then the next day they see him at work but they, he's found out that uh, what happened and so they have to try and keep him quiet and they kind of accidentally kidnap him pretty much and then they make the whole company better <laughs> While yeah. running it so while, while, he's, while away. he's away, they run the company and they bring in part-time work. They bring in flexible hours. They bring in a childcare center. They basically make it a complete paradise. And the very end of the story is this: the chairman of the board, who has never ever appeared, turning up to congratulate this man on how he's made his workforce twenty percent more productive in the last six weeks. Yes, but the thing is, then they get rid of him. <laughs> yes, and Lily Tomlin takes over. And Lily Tomlin takes over. I mean, the, uh, okay. So I think one of the reasons why this movie is so great and works so well is that all of these roles were women f- were written for these women ah, so yeah. um, Jane Fonda was a producer on the movie mm. and she was like I want to get it's going to be me and Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin and then Lily Tomlin was filming this other movie and mm. so she said no a bunch of times at first <gasps> and then her partner Jane was like you have to say yes Jane Fonda got you in for this she's been so good to you and you and this is going to be funny you have to say yes mm. so that's why she was in the movie so we have her partner Jane to thank for Lily Tomlin being in the movie cool and Dolly just said yes because she's awesome oh it w- i mean lily tomlin only said no because she had she was literally in the mil- middle, middle of filming of another okay. movie i don't think she said no for any other reason yeah I c- this is a, an amazing movie i can't believe i've gone this long without watching it although to be fair it is older than both of us so- yeah i i thought i'd seen it you know how you have yeah. that feeling where you're like oh i've seen a movie with lily tomlin in a business suit in the 80s i must have seen nine to five but i had seen big business which ah. is the one where she and bet midler play two sets of twins that were mixed up at birth <laughs> okay. So I'd seen that, but not 9 to 5, and I thought I'd seen 9 to 5. Well, yeah, I, I'm sad that I went this long without it, but it, it is on Netflix, American Netflix. And um, we we watched it, and oh, my God, this is wonderful. Like it, this is Yeah, this it popped beautiful... up on Netflix, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that. I remember that being fairly good. And this I was like, is, wait, I've never seen this? This is It's a beautiful feminist fantasy. Like, I just love it. It's really, it's really so relatable. There's so much of it that's so relevant, even now, 35 years later. Yeah, the, the relatable, the relatability of it mm. I think is its main um, is why it works so well mm. like I think that is why it's so fantastic and I think also it's so relatable to everybody mm. and so I think it, it really works like to get its message across because it's making it relatable to everybody but it's also saying hey guys sexism sucks 
Mm. And if there wasn't sexism, look what a paradise our workplaces would be. Yeah, if women ran, ran like, the joint. It's basically Jane Fonda going, put all this in, guys. Yeah. Let's, let's fix everything by doing all of these things. I know. It was, it's beautiful and idealistic and wonderful. Like, and, and I love all the, um, the focus on all the, the diversity of women who work and all their different stories and all the different reasons for working and all the crap that they put up with. Oh my God. It's wonderful. It is. It's so wonderful. And I like how each of the women are like really developed as characters before mm. all the zany plot stuff comes in. So, like, you get to see each of them at home. You see Jane Fonda with her ex. Um, you see um, Jane Fonda is so so gorgeous. And, there's and, this so one, sweet and she's and got this wonderful and- character arc where she's divorced this husband and she's, you know, mousy and new to the workforce. And Sorry, I just remembered the funniest line of the movie while you were saying that. And she, go So, on. she's divorced this husband and he comes crawling back trying to get her back and she's like, no, like, you leaving me was the best thing that ever happened. But and he comes crawling back and gumption. she's distracted because she's <laughs> But their boss, um, Franklin Hart. Oh, she's in the boss's house. He's, he's yeah. tied up upstairs he's, in his bedroom. He's tied up upstairs, right? <gasps> oh. Because they've created this contraption that they can, like, dangle him from the yeah, roof. Yeah, with an automatic he... garage door open. <laughs> when, he, um, oh. when he does something wrong. So, like, they, he's upstairs and the husband comes. And so she's just trying to get rid of the husband, the ex-husband. And the ex. there's a moment when the ex-husband says, you're really beautiful. And she's like, yeah, thanks. And she's completely distracted, which I like. <laughs> then she goes upstairs and the husband follows her upstairs and he sees heart dangling from the roof with a thing in his mouth and he's like oh my god you're into bondage and s&m and stuff and she goes if i want to do m&ms that's my business <laughs> oh yeah i cracked up on that one too. <laughs> that was oh, i died god. and the second time i watched it because <laughs> i watched it yesterday and then today i was in a bad mood so i watched it again <laughs> and the second time it made me laugh just as hard oh. and now thinking about if i want to do m&ms <laughs> it's so funny oh, but the whole movie is just yeah. the script is super sharp like um right at the beginning where there's, there's this woman who's sort of sending memos all the time and, and Lily Tolman's character I know just where to stick it or I tore right through it. I like, tore right through it, yeah. She's these great little comeback, these little cracks. Well, that's oh, the thing wow. is that like Lily Tomlin is sardonic and then Dolly Parton is like, you know, crazy, funny, sweet Dolly mm. Parton-y and Jane Fonda is like grounding but uh, and Dolly Parton has these moments of just like, we could shoot him, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. We could hire a couple of guys and get them to beat yeah. him up for us. <laughs> she's just so great. Yeah, like she has a gun. She's just and crazy. She's so effervescent too. Oh, like she's wonderful. She's not even a great actress, mm. but you could watch her forever. Well, she's like, like you say, this is written for them, so they play to her strengths. And she's, you know, she, so she's not much like she is in real life. She's southern and she's tough as nails, and she's like, but also really sweet. Yeah, like sweet, tough as nails. <laughs> yeah, tough as nails, but then like absolutely the kindest person. Yeah, and so you get to see like, yeah, Jane Fonda's home life, and then you get a little bit of Lily Tomlin's home life, where you get to see her with her son. Oh, and, and yeah. that was a really like genuine relationship as well in like one scene in five minutes it was yeah beautiful this tiny scene they're installing a garage door opener and then he gives her a joint and that was like this perfect little yeah moment um and and then um dolly parton and her husband and he's really like great so yeah, yeah it's really and, well cute. there's also like there's clearly a backstory going on there where she's working full-time job and he's a musician yeah and so she's supporting her husband and he's and she's the only one who's happily married well the boss perhaps no but also um lily tomlin's husband died yeah, She's Lily. Tom- well, Lily Tomlin's a widow, um, and and Jane Fonda is newly divorced, and but Do- Dolly oh. Parton is married, but Plus she needs the job. Plus, there's this amazing moment when the boss. 
I, I, I want to call him Dabney Coleman because that's the actor. Um, when Dabney, Mr. Hart, Mr. Hart tells Violet, which is Lily Tomlin, that she didn't get the pr- promotion right. Oh. And he's like, the guy has a family to support. And she's like, and I don't. She's, she's a, like, widow a widow with, with four, four kids. kids. I was just looking at that going, my God, idiot. Like, who is but supporting that's the thing them? is that, like, that's like, it's seen as his job to support the kids. Right. Like the husband's job. And if the woman has to do that, then there's something wrong. And it was really, it's, it's full of these little moments. And there's other things like how everybody contributes to workplace sexism. Like everybody yeah, well, spreading like, the rumors of, of Dora Lee sleeping with the boss. Oh, and um, the, um, the administrative assistant who enforces all the men's policies to get her ahead for herself. Right. But then the other guys who, you know, call everybody sweetheart and things like that. So yeah. it's like a, it's like a whole workplace problem rather than, mm. rather than just like the one jerk who's their boss. Like yeah. it's not well, all, it's all sexists are evil. Some sexists are just you and I, regular people. Right. And then, and of course, like the guy comes in at the end going, Oh, we have to get rid of this equal pay thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really like it kind of, it doesn't soften its message at all mm. in order to make it more palatable. All it does is make everything so relatable mm. that they, it can deliver its payload, its message, you yeah. know, like it's really, really cleverly put together. And it's really cleverly put together in terms of pacing and stuff as well. Like mm. it builds so slowly until it gets to this place where everything is so kooky, weird, zany. Well, that's the part of the genius of the movie is that it's got this amazingly tight script and this really perfectly told story. Like mm-hmm. it all just, it all works. Yeah. And it's got a couple of comedic high points. I think the high point of the movie, apart from the M&M's line, is um, the the um, fantasy sequence when they oh, when, when they each of them has a fantasy. Yeah. yeah. So they all get stoned together on this joint that Lily Tomlin's son gave her and then they each have a fantasy about how they would get rid of Hart. And so Jane Fonda's is like cool and she hunts him down. But then Do- um, Dora Lee's Dolly Parton's is, is that she flips it. So she's really sexist towards him and it's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. And like I have to give props to Dabney Coleman in this movie because firstly he plays the jerk so well. But in that mm. scene he is so good. He is so like he's not so that uncomfort- kind of boy. <laughs> not that kind of boy and he's so uncomfortable and mm. so but so like like submissive and stuff. Yeah. And it's really funny. Mm. It, and it's really funny because it's so outlandish. Mm. But like also what would really happen. It's just yeah. it's such a clever scene. Um and then that one and then the third one is Lily Tomlin as Snow White. And she's like, I think what mine would have to be really, really dark and gory, but kind of cute, like a fairy tale. <laughs> With the little animals. Oh my gosh. And I don't know what the they animals. paid oh, Disney to brilliant. get that, but they, um, it's worth it. It's brilliant. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. And then, of course, but her it's whole fantasy is about poisoning his it's coffee. And seeing then... Lily Tomlin do it, I think, oh, as well. Oh, in the full Snow White outfit. Yeah. Because that's not what we associate with Lily Tomlin. No, at she's all. sardonic and sharp and sarcastic and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so watching her do that was very, very funny. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's just that like comedic timing and knowing what would be funny. Mm. Like they, um, I, this, the same thing that I read before, I read it just before I came. Lily Tomlin was like the director, Colin Higgins knew exactly what was going to be funny. Mm. Like he knew what all the beats would be and he knew when people would be laughing. And then when she watched it, she realized that that's exactly when the beats were and when people were laughing. And right. she was really impressed with that. Like while he was making it, he knew what that was going to be. So he had a really good picture of the movie in his mind. So it's clearly a lot of really good creative people coming together to make this. Yeah, I knew not, nothing about this director. I've never heard of him. No, neither had um, I. 
yeah, he's clearly done an amazing job with it and whoever wrote it as well. Yeah, it's it's just really, really clever and really funny and something that I think everybody kind of came together for. And it opens on such a good note mm. too. Yeah, with the, the song and all these different women going to work. Because that song is amazing. Oh, yeah, it really is. That's just one of the best songs ever. Well, Dolly Parton is just, she's such a good ro- songwriter. Like she does, she does amazing work. And this song was a complete high point of her career as well as this movie. Yeah, no, Dolly Parton's just terrific. Um, but then, yeah, that the song and also the song put together with this movie and mm. it's just so good. Well, and that, just that opening montage of women at work. Mm. because Women going like, to work, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, women going to work and all the – just the, the everyday hassles of getting there. And then I, I, I think – I mean, this is made sort of when it's still a relatively new thing to be a woman going to work. And so I think that was – it was very kind of powerful. It would have been right made in the very late 70s. So it was 1980 that it came out. Mm. It is interesting though. You watch a lot of kids' movies from that era and it is that kind of – of the woman going to work ruins the family. Mm. So nine to five is clearly a reaction to that sort well, of it, idea as well. A, um, it, it's clearly an interrogation of that idea. Yeah. Because because you do see all these different women. Like there's some who've got children and some who don't and some who need, you know, some who are divorced and some who are not, some who are happily married but want to work and some who, like there's everyone's got a different, all the women have different story mm. and they're all, they've all got different reasons for working and none of them are, I'm going to ruin my family by going out yeah. to work. I mean, it's also ridiculous because nobody accuses men of ruining their families by going to work. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the thing. And none of the women who are go, who go to work for all of their different reasons are ruining their families. Like Lily Tomlin is taking care of four kids and, and Jane Fonda's character is making a life for herself and, and becoming her own person after being you know squashed in this marriage to this not very great man for all these he years. He stalks her. Yeah. And like Dolly Parton is just kind of trying to help her husband out. Like there's all that they're all like none, none of them are ruined ruining their families. In fact, they're all strengthening their families or their private lives by yeah. being there. Yeah, it's all really... Uh, it's just. But great. at the same time, it's not like completely uncritical of work. Like the office and the bureaucracy and the work that they do, like you don't even, you don't have to know what business they're in you to know either. that work there's is... no, no concept It's of called it's consolidated and there's orders and, you know, things that have to happen. But it doesn't actually matter. Like the point is that they're just feeding this machine of, of capitalism and that like the whole idea of actually going to work, it doesn't actually matter what you do. It's the the going to work. Yeah, but that's thing. that relatability thing mm. as well, again, because like not knowing what they're doing, mm. it makes it so that it could be anything. Right. It could be your company. This could literally be your life. Yeah. I think that's sort of where it goes with that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Dabney Coleman ordering Violet to go get him coffee and things like that. Mm. Like, and when he calls her his girls and she's like, don't ever call me your girl again. Um, All those little moments that are just so much yeah, fun. Yeah. And it's so cathartic and, you know. Yeah. That's why I come back to that whole feminist fantasy thing. Like, it's all the things you wish it could say to your, you know, asshole boss. Yes. It is a feminist fantasy and it's wonderful. But it's also, yeah, it's also funny and terrific and just really good and I like the costumes too oh gosh yeah god how beautiful are they I mean they they look you know they're very 80s but everything kind of works oh, anyway oh yeah god that hair it was so much hair <laughs> so much hair but it all kind of works anyway and, and like yeah they clearly and everybody looks different mm. they, it's it's all it's so detailed it is just like they really knew what who each of these people were yeah and put all this effort into making them work on screen well I mean Jane Fonda on her first day she's almost turned up in like a church outfit this little matching suit with a hat 
wet and, you know, it, it, she's so nervous and it's all new to her going out into the big city. Whereas Lily Tomlin's like just, she's got slouching around in this top and then she puts on a jacket if she has to go and see the boss. Her little kimono. Yeah, the, the kimono <laughs> and like Dolly Parton in her pretty little dresses and she, she just sort of is who she is. And it, it, it's not just co- costumed, you know, to make them look pretty. It's costumed to show you something about them. Yeah, it is. But, it, and it's also, it's so consistent as well. And there's a, also a great bit like continuing the feminist women going out to work thing where Lily Tomlin steals a doctor's jacket and puts it on and so she poses as a doctor. <laughs> That's right. There's a moment when the nurse comes up to her and she's like, oh, you're a doctor. And she's like, I'm a doctor. Why am I talking to you? Piss off. I liked that. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't notice that the first time. I noticed it the second time. It made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the bit where she, he, he the, the cop pulls him over and he's like, oh, you're a doctor. And he's really surprised. Yeah. And she's like, what do you but think? But he's also like quite deferential to her as Yes, a I know, but it, it is yeah. that kind yeah. of kind assumption. Of, oh, a doctor. Yeah. And she poses as a doctor. And it's kind of <laughs> Which one of you is sick? She is. Uh, I am. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I did rat voice. Oh, God. It's so funny. Oh. It's so funny. Yeah. And when she takes the wrong body and Doralee is so calm and she's like, could you come back here for a second? <laughs> yeah. With both of them. Really, oh. really funny. Doralee is like brilliant in a crisis. Oh, yeah. Partly because she's got her gun, but like partly because she just kind of rolls with it. Doralee is just brilliant anyway. I think the first time I watched it, I felt so bad for her. Mm. So she was like instantly my favorite the first time I watched it because everybody was treating her so badly mm. over something she wasn't doing. And even if she was doing it, it wouldn't work. What like, a business is it of yours? Everybody else treating her so badly is still yeah. awful because she's so nice to everybody. I know. Yeah. Like even if she was sleeping with the boss. Well, yeah. And, and that's that beautiful feminist commentary about women not only copying it from men about their sexual choices, but from other women. Yeah. And how been, we have to stick together. Women of, who have you know, like trained, who've been trained by the patriarchy to hate women who make certain sexual choices. And, you know, if we team up, look what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, I kind of like the fact that they didn't beat the bad guy by being, like, by kidnapping him and by trying to blackmail him and stuff. They beat the bad guy by being better at everything than he is. Right. So they, the, the way they beat him is by creating this, like, utopian office. Mm. It, and that was just, like, the back, like, the B plot mm. that came through at the end that they, they won by being good at <laughs> at their jobs and at helping people. Being more competent than their bosses, yeah. And also by supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Like they want, because the whole thing was having a supportive work environment. Like they supported the woman to, you know, stop being an alcoholic and they helped mm-hmm. out the women who had kids by putting in the daycare and they, you know, did the timeshare thing so that mm-hmm. the people could work, some people could work in the mornings and some in the afternoons and stuff. Yeah. It was really like just that's how they win. Yeah, by but, being uh, caring and compassionate and thinking of their workers as humans. And then the very last bit of the movie is is them going what about the pay thing and then they're like yeah but that's look what we've accomplished now that's the next thing and it's really optimistic yeah like oh we'll, we'll deal with that we, i promise we'll get there yeah exactly mm-hmm. so it's really kind of at first i didn't like it and i thought about it and i liked it more because mm-hmm. at first you're just kind of like but they didn't get to win no they didn't win everything but they won something no but i mean they didn't get like their plan didn't work right you know like there's that kind of downer where they're like oh our yeah. plan didn't work but so, in the longer game they kind of did no i know that's yeah. what i mean like if you examine it. I just think it gets better the more you think about it. Yes. Plus, when you're enjoying it, it's when you're watching it, it's super enjoyable. Right. Exactly. You're getting like a bit of feminist theory and a bit of, you know, history and also having lots of fun.
because and then and the other the other bit that's kind of disappointing at the end though is that like so they haven't quite nailed equal pay and 35 years later we still haven't quite nailed equal pay but there's something in there about like feminism being a new thing and even even then and even now feminism and like the women's movement is only really a small drop in thousands of years of patriarchy and like dealing with horrible sexist men and so they're making like little victories it kind of celebrates a little small victory that's kind of a battle in, in a larger war mm, well there's that cut it with the women's lib line yeah. you know what i did like about it a lot mm. is that every time dabney coleman calls them bitches mm. it's this like because you hear that all the time in movies and it's not really like just in, as it's a almost throwaway it. it's almost throwaway yeah but in this movie every time it's like he's wrong for doing it it really like grates that. with you it really yeah. sounds like he's being an awful person yeah. yes because it's which it's is held- again why i feel like i really need to give mm. dabney Paul coleman props because well, it's, hel- it's held back whereas we've gotten to this world where we're used to like rappers talking about bitches and like I'm back bitches and all that kind of like it's it sort of dropped into vernacular mm. in a way that it, it hadn't then but even it doesn't when you watch it now looking back because he really his, there's venom behind that the way that he says yeah. it and and the the timing of it and things like he does it in this way that you know it's not right and they always cut to like the, the reactions of them and stuff it, it's mm. just this really like nice kind of thing in well, it because and, and, he, I, and when he's like he's drooling over Dolly Parton one minute and being horrible uh, it's just this I think he does a real good job in this really evil, mean role. Like mm. he, he, um, he has to be the butt of everybody's like jokes and everybody's hatred and stuff. Mm. But he d- puts in a really good performance to do it. Well, he's because he's always really human. You understand him as a real person. Like you know that. Um, you almost even know where he's coming from. You know people like that. Yeah. And he, he's human, and that's what's so awful about him, as well as at the same time being what makes that so relatable. It's the Umbridge thing. Mm. It's the the worst villains are the ones that are the everyday, the most banal, the ones that you would deal with on an everyday basis, mm. and the ones that are like there in your face in your lives, just making your life difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've got all these terrible people who murder millions of people or who murder thousands of people or whatever and try to destroy the world. They're kind of rare compared to an office psychopath. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they're not the ones you have to deal with. You always hate the person who's, like, in your way and in your your everyday life the most. Yeah, and he's, like, you know, all all of the – he's, like, all of the microaggressions in one place as well. Mm. They have to deal with, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. And then they have to deal with the Rosas and the – his his wife who were, you know, part of the – whole system. I actually really liked the way she was treated as well because she's this lovely, lovely woman. Oh, the wife. The wife. I thought you meant Roz. No, no, I'm not Roz. Oh, right. Yeah, Roz the alcoholic. No, no, no. Roz was the um. Oh, the the yes. assistant to the boss the who was always assistant. right. Yes, women who perpetuate the system. Sorry, yeah, I thought you meant who, and who's fawning over him all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, I think Roz is like the go-to office lady name. Right. She's also <laughs> like if uh, yeah, you and need again, a office lady. She's called Roz, and and she's one of these other like horrible villains because she's a villain on the inside. Like mm. she's a woman doing this to other women, kind of that, horrible. and like spying on them in the bathroom yeah. and pulling her feet up so they can't even see yeah. her. And- just like atrocious behavior also she can get on side with the men and at what like to what end and at what cost Mm. does it does it mean to to be that woman no but sorry you're going back to the wife i actually really like the way the wife was treated i think it was misty yeah i just watched it before i came here which is the only reason i can remember all this stuff yeah there you go yeah i was very close um so yeah i actually really like the way they treated her because she was a kind person and she's nice to um uh to dolly parton's character and she's kind to the other women and she's like 
she's actually a good person and she loves her husband and she's like happy with her life. She's not she's not treated as the enemy like be- mm. just because she can stay at home and she doesn't have to work or or she- just because she's the the evil man's and wife. She's, yeah, exactly. She's not treated as a bad person at all. She's in fact another human and another woman and she's seen as also having to suffer under their like every time they talk about her the other the, the women are like, "Oh, that poor girl she, that she has to, you know, she has to stay with him. She's going to have to go back to him eventually." They feel sorry for her. Do women them? <laughs> so that reminds because uh, then, then there was the bit where she was like, "You should have seen the like he's into all this new fitness thing, and you should have seen the setup he has in the, in the house." And then I was like, "He did see the <laughs> setup," and then there was the Eminem's bit. Um, but anyway, fair enough. No, there's other lines as well. That um, are you a woman or a wouse? It was yes. so odd but it, so funny. Oh, and um, that was the other thing about Danny Con when he does the "Why me? Why would you try and kill me?" Yeah. Like he's so ignorant to w- how bad he is. Yeah, that's just all really great. I like it a lot. There was other things, weird things that I noticed. Like, um, they cover up all of their computers at night. Their typewriters, yeah. Their typewriters with the, the, I'll stop the um, dust getting in. I know, but it's just really, like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's this interesting period piece. Oh, and the Xerox machine that takes up a whole room? Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that that was just really interesting to see, mm. you know, to see all the – how different it is and how well, much I, things have changed. I, I, have, I work in an office, so I can relate to a lot of things, but I find it hard to imagine life before email and life before having a desktop computer. Memos. Yeah, like they memos have all the memos. stuff. It's just funny, but I guess, you know, but even even with all the period piece stuff in there, it's still – like that, that stuff is still reflected today. It's not – it hasn't changed so much that you can't relate to it no i i mean yeah i think it's like the the themes are universal but you know you watch a like shakespeare and, play yeah and they're well, all sending messages to everybody uh, messengers mm. to tell everybody what's going on and yeah. then you watch the 1980s office and it's the memos and it yeah uh, you and, know and it's, I just, mean, it's interesting to see how things change oh, yeah um, and, and like and the clothes and the hair like they were all i, I was thinking that of being dressed like my mother and i'm like Ooh. that doesn't affect me as much because i watch so many i i, I you know you're used to that you get used to that like, right yeah this is made in this time and therefore the clothes and the hair are different mm. but you don't really get used to as much the the way that technology has changed our lives yeah like because you know fashion changes fashion changes from 10 years ago fashion changes from well actually, like five years the ago one that if got you me- watch stuff from the early 2000s you're just like oh my god what were we thinking but actually that the hospital like that hospital was the quietest like most orderly run hospital i've ever seen <laughs> like two people in the er I think I think that was more of a movie thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. But yeah, whereas no. the office was like very much an office that you would have been in in that time and it was mm. it was so it was so weirdly different. Mm. I was kind of thinking like flying memos in Harry Potter because they don't have the technology. You know, it's just this it's so and the, the giant Xerox. You're right, the giant giant Xerox and we have like one little machine that does that mm. all of the work of that plus more now. Yeah. It's really amazing to think about. And, and, and if you mess up your typing, it's really easy to, you know, print off another one or just fix it, you know. It's not going to ruin all this stuff and and the level of phone calls is obviously not as high and all that kind of stuff. And yet, at the same time, like, you, you, you relate to it anyway because it's so... Yeah, like, well, it, like, coming it, into a new office and then having this boss, like, Lily Tomlin is the first... We see her, like, taking all this time to show um, Jane well, she doesn't want to around. Though. Yeah, she doesn't want to. So but everybody she, has to change in order to mm. kind of grow, except for Dora Lee. I think Dora Lee's pretty much... You 
don't mess with Dolly Parton. You no, just don't. She was she's, she's perfect the way she is. <laughs> Although we, even she has to like eventually stand up for herself and tell the boss off for being a... Yeah, but I think that's more of a... She's not doing that in the first place, not because she thinks it's okay, but because like, and there's that moment when he's, he's like, oh, I'm sorry I, met, I made that screw up and sent you to that conference. And she was like, oh no, it's okay. It was my fault. Next time I'll just check that there's a conference in the place before I go. Because <laughs> it was clearly his fault. So like, yeah. I, I, I think that's less of a an arc and more of a like now showing her she character. Ha- yeah, showing her true character rather than always hiding it. Yeah. Whereas Judy like goes from this, you know, scared mousy woman to very confident and uh Violet has to go from like um not just oiling the company machine, but she is takes part in the rumors and stuff. Mm. And by the end of it she realizes she that she shouldn't do it. That. Yeah, exactly. So those are character arcs, whereas Dolly Parton's is more like it was already there. Yeah. She just wasn't showing any of it because like she couldn't in order if she was mm. going to keep the job. Yeah, which is an interesting like story about work in itself. Like you never really fully yourself at work, and that's kind of the whole point of this movie is that when they become themselves, everything gets better. Yeah, especially when they can become themselves and support each other. Mm-hmm. Yay, female friendships yeah, well, and Dolly Parton. Was so nice about the wife was like she, they didn't have to be nice to her, and in in fact, it would be expected that they weren't, but they were. They were kind to her, and they were kind to like all the other women. Like Jane Fonda's character goes off to drink with the other two, and they become friends because another woman, Maria Gonzalez, has been fired for like talking about how much money she earns mm. and so she gets really like which was off, insane pissed off about you know the workplace relations and the way that the other workers are being treated that was the fire the bitch moment that was really interesting mm. that was like such an evil moment you know yeah. when he said that it was such an evil moment mm-hmm. it was really interesting that the way that it's been written and the way that like and that because that's stuff that you could you can expect to hear people say right um especially if if it's somebody with one other person who they know really well at work mm-hmm. and yet it was painted in this really I like I just love this movie clearly because I've watched it twice in two days and I could happily go back and watch it again because it's just like it's something that you can easily put on while you do other stuff and just be entertained <laughs> by it's just really great I'm so sad I hadn't seen it before now but I'm so happy I've seen it now I am a little bit glad I didn't see it as a kid because I don't think it would have had the same impact yeah I don't it wouldn't um, I might have found it funny mm. but I don't think I would have quite the same impact as like seeing it as an adult and relating to it you know what is weird to me I actually did Tumblr search for it because I wanted to read blogs and stuff from it. There's nothing out there. Hmm. And you would think Tumblr would really embrace this. Well, so this is the me way calling the out to Tumblr. embraces Dolly. You would think Tumblr would be into Dolly. No, but not just that. Like, you know, they go back to, there's all these, like, Legally Blonde and things like mm. that where they go back to all these feminist movies and they become mm. a big thing. But uh, clearly this is before everybody's before time, whereas, time, like, yeah. Legally Blonde came out in, what, like, 99, 2000, something like yeah. that? Yeah, so when we were p- people who were our age, who were the old folks of Tumblr, were teenagers. Yeah, so, but it, but then the teenagers kind of went in their nostalgia period probably went back and discovered mm. Legally Blonde as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is me calling out to Tumblr, guys, bring back 9 to 5. <laughs> Go and make a thousand gifts of everything that happens in 9 to 5. There was even a BuzzFeed article about how great it was and yeah. like nobody read it. Like there I, weren't I many to. comments on it. You, you're going to have to put together some show notes for this Yeah, week. I will. I, I actually, I've got quite a few things. I've put them mm. all in my, I've, I've put them all in my resources because I was like, I love movie. <laughs> I want to see it a thousand times and go and like live in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't maybe not want to live in it. But. No, I mean the the feminist utopia they created after. Oh yeah, yeah, the feminist utopia created by Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton in this movie, and they can be my bosses, and we can all hang out and have drinks. <laughs> 
That would be fun. Oh yeah, hanging out with those guys. They would. They would be really fun. To, and and there was this. There's all this stuff. It was really interesting when I was reading about it because they were like, oh, they're such unlikely. It's such an unlikely group. They're such unlikely friends. And I was like, really? And I yeah. didn't get that at all. It was kind of a funny. Thing. Only if you underestimate all of them. Like both Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda are long-term activists and feminists and like so total Dolly Parton, badass ladies. Do- yeah, I was I was getting to her. But Dolly Parton is the most underestimated of the lot. Yeah, because uh, whereas uh, she's like the toughest of the lot she's fought her way out of really really dire poverty well you know what it is created this huge empire it's that like we were just talking about this but it is that kind of expectation that women who are tough are like more like men yeah whereas yes she's very feminine and southern and charming and like and and nice yeah exactly so like if you if you do have feminine qualities you're seen as less because Mm. like being feminine is less which is going back to Legally Blonde, why Legally Blonde is such a feminist movie is because it's about embracing feminine qualities Mm. and still being really awesome and also supporting other women. Yeah. Which is like one of the places where I think people who are like new to feminism or only heard about feminism or something get stuck. Yeah, because they don't understand that they can be feminine and feminist. No, but it's not just that. It's like in order to get ahead, you have to... I have to be in competition with other women You have to be in competition with other women. No, but you have to play with the boys. You have to be like a man. Which You have to have man-like qualities mm. and you have to like so um, which is actually a lie told to us by the patriarchy right and that's and that's kind of the whole message of feminism anyway it's all it's a journey not a destination right kind of and this is learn more as you go along this is why nine to five is so great because it like from the very beginning it has these three women who fit along different like levels of this yeah they're on different journeys f- feminine different no but uh, on the journey they're different levels of femininity yep like Dorley is very feminine then jane fonda is you know feminine but also kind of like she gets tougher as the movie goes on yeah and then lily tomlin is not very feminine mm. which is also acceptable and fine and great yep. so like all but, of those but, together and, should be yes accepted and, li- and good. lily tomlin's story arc is to learn that being less feminine doesn't make you a better feminist and yeah. doesn't make you a better woman yeah exactly yeah um and and that you know you should support other women basically hmm. hers um so yeah anyway we, we can be done now okay star rating um i'm gonna say five stars and i will agree with that Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to find the show notes, you can find them at our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, you can, if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Silver Screen Queens. We are on Twitter at screen underscore queens. And we are on Tumblr for all your nine to five GIF needs at tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Do you know that it didn't win the Oscar for Best Song? What? Fame won instead. Oh, well, see. I know. I was like, that's a good song that's too. Good. I get that. I'm not. Yeah, that's not bad. At least it didn't lose to something terrible. Yeah. <laughs>